You're listening to Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast where IT leaders exchange insights about issues around cloud architectures for the data center. And now your host, Alison Klein. Welcome to Conversations in the Cloud. I'm Allison Klein. I'm with Brian Gracely, uh, engineer extraordinaire from Cisco. Hi, Allison. How are you today? Good. Welcome to the program. Why don't you tell us what you do for Cisco? My role with Cisco is I work in the data center and virtualization solutions group within Cisco. So we're focused on all things data center as well as all things cloud computing. My role is to help shape the solutions that we bring to market, help shape vision and strategy, and then a little bit of everything around trying to help people figure out what it means and where to go with it. How are you guys viewing cloud and and where do you see the scope of cloud from a standpoint of enterprise public user experience. You know, sometimes we'll get wrapped up in the definitional private clouds and public clouds and hybrid clouds. And I think we're probably better served to look at it as, you know, what does cloud computing do for the business, um, mm-hmm. regardless of where the service is. And so our focus is is figuring out ways to, to help customers get, you know, in essence, a, a great idea from great idea as quickly as possible to uh, to sort of great implementation. And we feel like the network provides a lot of value in that. Cloud computing is a very network-centric way of doing things. And by looking at what I do in my group and the solutions group, it helps customers get going faster. And that, that tends to be the, the real appeal to cloud computing. When you look at your customer base, you talk about what they're actually getting. What are the primary drivers driving people to adopt cloud? It's always a trade-off between I want to be more cost-effective, not so much always just cutting costs, but cost-effective, and then how do I, more importantly, have enough free cycles or enough resources, whatever it might be, to drive new innovation. And they want to have somebody in the business say, I have a great idea, and and they want to get that implemented as quick as possible. And the neat thing that we're seeing is people do that on the consumer side all the time now, where they say, I want to go create a Facebook account. I want to go set up whatever service they do on the public cloud for the consumer side. And their CEOs are coming back and saying, I did this thing over the weekend. It was super easy. How come it's not that easy internally? And and so that's become the new benchmark that a lot of IT people are, are getting measured against. Do you see different phases of implementation as you talk to customers? We tend to see sort of three distinct phases, and, and sometimes they happen in parallel, and sometimes they happen in serial. The first tends to be around consolidation. So we see them unifying their networks, unifying their computing, unifying their fabrics, and it's really about driving better utilization of the resources. You know, getting less siloed. Uh, the second one tends to be around virtualizing them. So while that helps in consolidation, it tends to give them much more flexibility, where I can deploy an application, uh, how quickly I can deploy an application. And then the third stage tends to be they got the benefits of that and they want to continue to get it and they begin to automate as much as possible that previously may have been a very manual task. And that drives cost out of it. It drives mistakes out of it. So it's consolidate, virtualize, automate, sometimes together and sometimes in parallel. You talked to me a little bit earlier about your products and the solutions you're delivering on your UCS systems. Can you tell me a little bit about those and what you're delivering to the market to drive that compelling differentiation? A few years ago, we'd seen this transition, especially around virtualization, where people were doing new things, things were able to move around. mobility became a piece of that. And the virtualization technology was also forcing the storage teams and the network teams and the compute teams to have to figure each other out, essentially. And so what we did with the unified computing system platform is we we brought those things together, uh, which we think we do some very interesting things there around unified fabric and around simplicity. Um, but more importantly, we looked at those things as a system and we said, 
the way that we can add value for customers is to make it really, really automatable, which we think we do very different in the market than a lot of our competition. So we take a solution level approach. We sort of abstract what a what a server looks like. We look at it from a solution perspective, and then we make the entire thing configurable and, and automatable through an open API. Can you talk a little bit about the collaboration with Intel? Our collaboration with Intel is not only from a processor perspective, Westmere and Nehalem and the things going forward, but we work really closely with Intel to to look at how do we take the technology, the engineering to that next level. So we did things like uh, memory expansion, uh, working with Intel on our platforms that allowed us to to set about 10 or 12 world record performance records in the UCS. Um, we obviously work very, very closely with you around Ethernet, and we both fundamentally have this belief that we can drive higher bandwidth speeds, we can do it uh, at lower price points and lower power consumptions. And um, so we, we feel like our partnership with Intel is really, really strong. And you know, the reason we're, we're in the Cloud Builder program is, you know, we talked about it sort of having an internet foundation, cloud computing. That's all about open standards, and it's about working with people and, and, and being willing to say, great ideas are going to come out of interoperability, great ideas are going to come out of openness, and we believe that we need to work on that very, very actively. And so well, that's why we want to be part of the program. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that want to learn more about what Cisco's doing in the cloud space. How can they follow you? If they want to follow me, they can follow me on Twitter at, at B. Gracely, so it's my first initial and last name. I write for the Cisco Data Center blog, so if you go to blogs.cisco.com slash data center. And if they want to get product level information, details, if they go to cisco.com slash go slash cloud, they can, they can find everything that we're talking about here today and, and much, much more. Great. Thank you very much for being on the program. We want to have you back. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, ChipChat listeners, we've got some exciting news for you. Based on demand, we are announcing a new segment on ChipChat, and conversations in the cloud, we're calling the Chip Chat Challenge. Throughout the year, we'll be creating contests for you, our listeners. These will be challenges that draw upon your knowledge and creativity. And here's your first challenge. Cloud computing is a prevalent buzzword in the industry, but there is still ambiguity in the definition of cloud computing, and I hear this every day. So we want you, our listeners, to give your definition of cloud computing. Propose a succinct way to define this architectural shift in data centers. And if we pick your entry as a winner, you will win a cool prize. To submit your definitions, go to intel.com forward slash server. There, you will see instructions on how to submit your entry. So get busy. You have until April 6th to send in your definitions. Thanks for playing the Chip Chat Challenge.